0: Welcome back to the Dad Rock podcast. This is Sean. And this is Chris. Hey, we are here again, back at it. Uh, you and I, we actually both saw a new release this week out in theaters. Sonic the Hedgehog came out. A special Valentine's
1: Day release. Um, we both saw it. How'd you like it? Oh yeah, nothing sweeter than a little blue guy running real fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, I loved it. I mean, I didn't realize it was the movie that I needed It was funny. It was well done. Nothing. I I had nothing negative to say about the movie when I walked out. My son was actually, Zach, was running around the theater's lobby, (laughs) acting like Sonic, just going in circles. And it was like, okay, dude, you must have really enjoyed this movie. Uh, Yeah, my daughter Verona loved
0: it as well. We decided to do that as kind of a Valentine's Day special for Friday. It was kind of going to be our family event thing. Um, so all three of us went, my wife and, uh, daughter, and, uh, we went out and, uh, it was kind of, it was kind of neat because the movie itself, it's a, it's a throwback. I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog is a property from the nineties. You and I
1: played that quite often. Oh yeah. When they first came up and you have seen the, like the, the playing on the screen. Yeah. Sega. <laughs> uh, it was
0: great. I mean, the effects were good. I thought the, uh, voice work. Uh, on Sonic was good. I thought James Marsden, who's kind of our leading man in the movie, uh, did a great job. Like, he was pretty charming and funny. And then Jim Carrey, man. Like, back in, like, mask form. Like, Ace Ventura. Like, liar, liar, 90s Jim Carrey. <laughs> That's what I
1: love the most. It was old school Jim Carrey. Yeah. Uh, from the from the get-go, the arrogance, the, the finger glove thing he was doing. <laughs> um, just, you know, being... Over the top about how smart he was and how dumb everybody else was. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was it was great. I had, like I said, nothing negative to say about it at all. Yeah, I felt bad for his uh, henchman there that
0: uh, kept getting dumped on throughout the film, but all of it was uh, you know kind of funny.
1: <laughs> oh, I loved every second of that. <laughs> 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 oh, from a part when he was telling himself to pin himself to the wall, or to, uh, you know, telling him how stupid everybody else is. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. Of course stuff. I want the latte. I love how you made them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it, if you're looking for something different and just kind of light and not really have to worry about thinking about anything, just just go see it. It's fun. Yeah, it was a throwback
0: to, I mean, it had 90s material. I mean, songs from the 90s, you got Jim Carrey in there. But it also felt like, kind of felt like a 90s movie, just like, that typical '90s family comedy. There was some heartwarming stuff where he kind of felt bad for Sonic. Um, I mean, when he blew out the grid. Yeah, that was fun. How he's kind of playing baseball by himself. He was doing all positions because he was so fast. Oh, you uh, wonder was a high five.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it was cute, man. It was. Uh,
0: I don't know. My daughter loved it. I loved it. My wife even loved it. And, and,
1: oh, really? Well, yeah. Yeah. you got your wife's stamp of approval. It that's, did.
0: That's important, <laughs> right there. Did you happen to uh, stick around for, so we'll, minor spoilers here if you haven't seen it yet, but did you happen to stick around for the uh, couple of
1: scenes during and after the credits? Oh, uh, no. There was something beyond. Yeah, a little bit. Like we've seen where the it went to Dr. Robotnik or Jim Carrey's character right. when he was on the mushroom planet, uh, but we didn't stay beyond that yet. Um, okay.
0: Well, then you saw him uh, look more like the classic Dr. Robotnik Eggman with his giant red mustache and uh, big mustache head. shaved head yes <laughs> so that was cool uh there was one more uh scene a few minutes after that where you see one of these rings open up a portal in the hills there of, uh, i guess green hills and uh out comes a little orange fox with two tails with a little tracking oh, device no way yeah tails comes out and he's like i think he's here and
1: then it goes to black <laughs> oh so know what they're doing right now they're setting up they're setting up a two yeah yeah and it did so well in the theater it was like their flagship movie this year after everything else what they did tanked yeah unexpectedly well i mean
0: they were only counting on maybe 30 i think if they if they thought they might grab 40 uh, million this week it would have been a success i think it's going to end up pulling like near 65 million over the holiday
1: weekend i think it may have been even higher than that yeah it might be yeah i think it may have been higher but uh Yeah, okay, so this goes back to the the whole controversy about the teeth and re-rendering and all that. Oh, he looked terrible. (laughs) Do you think that was all, like, an actual, like, stunt? Do you think they did that to go ahead and see about maybe gaining interest? Because people are going to go see it at a certain point to see if it is as bad as they think, or they're hoping it's good. I don't think
0: so. I mean... That would be kind of a, a, a ingenious way of going about that, just for the pu- publicity. But I don't know why you would throw bad press out there. I feel like you wouldn't. A, a company wouldn't spend a ton of money creating that first trailer with bad,
1: awful CG. Um, but that studio hasn't put out anything good anyway. So any any publicity is good publicity, apparently. So. I don't know, I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here, but uh, yeah, I well, wanted to see it more on that angle, and Zach wanted to see it because while well, he's been big into Sonic lately on Sonic Dash and everything and running right. around and playing that. Well, I will say that, I mean, what they did with Sonic, they did a good job.
0: I mean, he looks a lot better. I mean, he looks more cartoony, but he looks more like the Sonic that, you know, we grew up with, with the big eyes yep. and, um, you know, kind of the cartoonish grin and stuff. I mean, it, he looked great. Yeah. Um, And uh, I just saw over the weekend that Build-A-Bear is, uh, now they have the Sonic the Hedgehog. You can go and build a little cute Sonic for yourself at Build-A-Bear. Oh, boy.
1: Boy, they're really, like, benefiting from all these... uh these new things here with yeah you know, Sonic now I guess and yeah. then with Baby Yoda coming eventually and, yeah my uh, uh, my daughter happened to see that of course she wants to go immediately <laughs> so. oh there we go <laughs> so you're gonna have a Sonic running around the house kind of
0: yeah so Sonic did very well this weekend Chris and I both enjoyed it a lot um, and I would uh, I would think that uh, over the next couple of years we're probably gonna see a Sonic too with uh, with tails joining them.
1: Yeah, no, he's got those rings that are kind of, you know, teleporting him through space. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're kind of on that lines again ourselves here. We, we've kind of gotten away from a lot of space travel itself. And just recently, uh, the new budget has come out. And NASA is actually getting a pretty large bump in what they've gotten in the past. Uh, did you hear anything about this or do you see anything? Uh, not
0: much. Um, I know you've been looking into it, though. I, I mean, I did hear that uh President Trump was looking to kind of initiate uh, what he calls the space force kind of a uh, an updated version of the air Force uh and, and kind of reinvesting a lot of funds towards uh, uh space research and space travel, which is something I'm all for. I think you know throughout the years and the decades post the moon landing uh it's we kind of crescendoed back there in 1969 that was a long time ago so um and it's kind of like dithered ever since with uh, diminishing returns and people less and less interested i mean you ask a kid these days you know what they want to be when they grow up and it used to be an astronaut but kids uh, don't
1: care uh, as much yeah, about it, that anymore No, they really don't it's uh I, I my impression is the space force is actually separate from this here uh but they see they're, they're getting a 25.2 billion dollar you know budget right now this is all prior to being approved yeah but i mean they're looking at you know 13 million, billion of it for, like, crewed missions back to the Mars, and later, this has a beta-ballot decade uh, from now to actual Mars itself. Yeah. And they're planning on actually sending the first woman and another man to land on the, the south pole of the moon by 2024. So they're setting a hard deadline on this stuff, which which is fun. But, I mean, the moon, to me, means means nothing, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, the moon, the moon was a symbol back when we originally went there when Kennedy said, let's go to the moon that was so we can beat anyone else there the space race. Yeah. The space race. So, I mean, after we got there, I mean, we even got there, what six different times. I mean, the Apollo missions, which uh, first started back in December of 72, there were, there were six successful missions of going to the moon, landing on the moon. So there wasn't just one set of people that walked on the moon. There's been multiple. So the moon, I mean, if they're going to use it as a staging place, possibly for Mars, I can kind of see, but it, I kind of think that there would need to be something between the moon and Mars further out. Kind of like another ISS that would uh, be able to, you know, hold, hold, hold people, a holding bay, basically. That's a yeah. long trip, and it's kind of a acclamation type setup. Well, I would
0: honestly love folks going back to the moon, um, if even for <laughs> just the updates and technology since we've last been there. I mean, you can stick some 4K HDR GoPros on these astronauts and see what they see in like high definition. Oh, so
1: we can see that the Earth isn't flat?
0: <laughs> yeah. Whoa, man, <laughs> man, those 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 folks will never believe it. Even after that, uh, you probably take them to the moon and they'll think it's just like a projection or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I think I would enjoy that. Just if if not, maybe like just one more time before we really set our sights on Mars. Uh, just to kind of document it and uh, kind of reestablish our, ourselves. I don't know. Do you think we, we may benefit from setting up a colony on the moon just to
1: see if we can do something like that before setting up any kind of colonies on Mars? There's always going to be some benefits to having you know colonization on the moon, but even the moon is low gravity. Yeah, uh, the gravity level on Mars is my understanding is a lot higher than what the moon is. So, I mean, you're not going to learn a whole lot. I think about how the human you know, body is going to hold up on Mars than that you know, would hold up on the moon. So it's going to be different stuff. I mean, I think anything you can do on the moon, you can probably do on Mars outside of research on how the body is going to hold up. If it's like agriculture and everything. It's going to be all hydroponic. It's all going to be inside unless they find something or, you know, something between now and then that, you know, it's a complete game changer. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm excited about the idea of Mars. I'm not overly excited about the idea of the moon. Yeah. But when it's happening, I guarantee you, I'm going to be locked to it when it's happening. Because it's going to be, you know, we didn't get the experience them going to the moon. It was was before us that all this happened. Yeah, it was kind of before our time. I mean, even the uh, kind of the,
0: the, the challenger uh, blowing up on, on the way to space in 87. I mean, gosh, you and you and I were probably like four or five years old. Yeah. So really no memory of that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think that's that has to be the goal. I would love to see somebody step foot on Mars in my lifetime. That would be tremendous.
1: Yeah, my first thought on this was be like, I know I kind of already said it already, but the ISS is up there. It's a collaboration. Russia, Canada, Japan, the European Space Agency. So there's a lot of us that are a part of that. And before I got further into it, I was like, okay, there's gotta be something up there that's gonna be like that to, you know, extend us to that Mars point. Yeah. And sure enough there actually was. And it's something that has been talked about in the past. Uh, if you look through things, this one's actually called the Lunar Orbital Platform Gateway. Wow, that's a mouthful. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, come <laughs> on, let's let's break that up a little bit. It used to be called this is a yeah, you know, a little easier to say, but it used to be called the Deep Space Gateway. Okay. And according to this 2020 budget, it's fully budget. It, I mean, it's fully covered in the budget, fully funded. You know, they're already in the works of doing what I think that they would have had to have done to be able to get that. Now, where exactly that's going to be located, uh, they give a little bit of a hint, which I think it's going to be located in the wrong spot if they do that. But it's going to be basically between the Earth and the Moon. So oh. with the ISS, it's actually in low orbit. Yeah of you know the earth this is going to be further out and closer to where the moon is so it's going to be a staging point from there so anytime we go to the moon it'd be a stopping point then anytime we go beyond the moon that's like the first stop to you know where mars will be located
0: no kidding wow that's that's interesting so uh do, have they kind of shared any kind of timeline as to when that would be built
1: uh i didn't see a timeline or anything i think a lot of it is still pending approval There's some things, you know, in this budget that, uh, I think people want to, you know, to to change, go figure, but, uh, they've already actually been talking to the partners of the ISS about this. Yeah. And Canada is already become a partner of this new lunar orbital uh, platform thing. So there's already other countries that are jumping aboard this here and, uh, And basically, they were saying they were excited about us wanting to go back to the moon. Yeah. So there's a a lot of all these other countries that we already deal with with the ISS seem to be on board. But nobody besides Canada has uh, made any type of contributions financially or anything else. Yeah,
0: I would hope that any kind of efforts going forward. I mean, competition does kind of spur, you know, uh, creativity and um, kind of uh, boosted efforts out of folks. And I mean, that's what uh, the old space race was about in the 60s but i would hope that uh we could kind of model ourselves a a bit more in the likings of uh, star trek right where you know it's a little borderless right where efforts are you 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 have your best scientists planet wide um kind of coming together and and deciding on you know the best foot forward uh because i mean ultimately for mankind that's that's what our destination is i mean we um you know, we have to get things right here on Earth, right, B- between uh, just getting along with each other and trying to protect and keep what we have already as far as, uh, you know, not destroying uh, our environment here while we're down here. But ultimately, you know, eventually we're going to want to, um, you know, seek the stars and we're we're explorers by heart. I mean, we've been do- doing it since the dawn of man, so it's just kind of in our bones to keep, uh, keep doing that, right? So... Um, I don't know. It's fascinating to that there's been such uh, there, a lot of movement here recently. I remember back a few years ago, maybe in the early 2000s, where NASA was uh,
1: on the brink of being shut down completely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And, that, and that's where I, I feel like we're kind of working against ourselves here. Yeah. Because we went ahead and we retired the shuttle program, which, I mean, the shuttle program essentially was just a bus to the ISS. That, yeah, That's really all it was. As soon as they went ahead and they decommissioned the Apollo missions, that's really when our exploration of, of really of space, in my opinion, really stopped. I mean, we have the rovers that we've sent to Mars, and we've actually sent three of them out there. Yeah. Uh, one of them, I believe, is actually still active the uh, the Curiosity. Uh, but we've sent one with just well, just man, they were really you know inventive with this name here, but they just called it rover. <laughs> but they sent another one called the uh, Mars Exploration Rover Combo Unit where it actually sent two, which was a uh, spirit and opportunity and they ran for quite some time. they were only supposed to run for, uh, for basically 90 days for yeah. the mission. And one of them ran for almost 15 years. Wow. No kidding. Yeah. So, and, uh, one of them actually found that Mars was actually wetter at one point. So they, and they didn't really find any, you know, anything saying that I was able to sustain any type of microbiology. But, uh, they're, they're finding things about Mars. It's just it takes so long for information to get back from Mars. Yeah, I know.
0: As far as kind of the, um, for the everyman, the, the news cycle, uh, the you know, just the Joe Blow like you and me, I, I feel like uh, the best that we've hoped for and could get out of those rovers are just kind of these landscape shots, these pictures yeah. <laughs> of Mars. <laughs> I mean, which is cool and all. I mean, for, for us to send a little robot out there, and uh, take pictures of the landscape and then beam it back to us. I mean, that's that's incredible. We need things like that as kind of a first step before we, you know, send people out there and, and risk lives. But it's hard to get excited about a picture. Yeah, especially, I mean, it, those things have excited me, but it's like when you, once you see it, you see it. It's like, okay, well, there's a, there's a mountain on Mars. Cool. <laughs> and it's red. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> saw, I saw that in
1: Total Recall back in 1988. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah no, I get more excited about watching like uh SpaceX and Blue Origin you know doing their experiments here when they're doing like purposely having things go wrong with an ex- Sky hatch and things like that yeah and uh relanding you know the rockets back on earth so they can reuse them so they go ahead and save money on them so what are these are these the programs from our uh, resident
0: billionaires uh Elon Musk Jeff
1: Bezos yeah uh, Elon Musk has SpaceX and Jeff Bezos has Blue Origin I see okay yeah, so apparently, even with this new bump, they still plan on using uh, their contracts and everything with the, the private sector. So these yeah. these two companies are basically the, the leading two of them to go ahead and try to keep you know costs down right. you know, for all cases, you know, intents and purposes. But I think when we went ahead and we discontinued the, the shuttle program, I think the shuttle could have been beneficial if they could have adapted it to what we need to do. I feel like we're starting almost new. Because yeah, because space. I think Blue Origin is actually looking to go ahead and get just take people to space. Right. So it's more of a shuttle for like the everyday you and me that can afford it, which we couldn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for the millionaire uh, who wants to get on the other side of the world pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beam me up, Scotty. Yeah. The SpaceX is more of the ones that I feel like are the is going to be the company that's going to go beyond. They're going to be the you know the company that's going to go beyond the moon to Mars. And anything that's past that, but I feel like they're still so far away. When we went, when we stopped and we made it their job, they were starting brand new. They were ba- they were starting back the Apollo years, yeah. And we were so far beyond the Apollo years, but we decided you know it's no longer a priority. So so in this you know this budget here, they actually gave it a name. It's called Art- the Artemis program. So it, I mean the the goal we've already talked about, then landing uh, back on the moon yeah. on twenty twenty four and getting people back on there, both a man and a woman, which is very important nowadays definitely after having the two ladies I, I don't know their names that were in the international space station for that long period of time together but uh I mean they got for instance when it comes to the lander system they got like 2. Point, I mean 3.4 billion dollars you know earmarked the actual moon surface activities got like 700 million this, these are numbers that are all su- you know subject to change yeah but like there are basically more you know probes and things in Uh, rovers, you know, robotic Mars missions. You got, you know, 233 million. So, I mean, we're talking a lot of money. But it also has, like, the space launch rockets, the Orion crew capsule, Lunar Gateway. I mean, then we're talking about commercial lunar landers for humans and for cargo. So, inside that actual Artemis program, there is quite a bit that's actually sitting there for, you know, everyone to kind of decipher and kind of pick apart and figure out what they want, what they really need, what they don't need. And if this is even a feasible goal, I mean, 2024 really isn't that far out. And I feel like if we keep with the trajectory that we're on without having a rocket system, I don't know if they can obtain it. I yeah. think they'll have to change a lot to get to that point. Well, and then there's really no telling because you have the politics of today as well.
0: We are in an election year. So maybe the uh, if there is a different administration coming up, who knows how they would feel about it and if those funds would continue to kind of roll in. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, say what you will about the current administration, I think, uh, putting money towards the space program is, is a good thing, especially when you have uh, an economy that seems to be booming, uh, you have a little bit of extra change in your pocket. Um, I prefer that, you know, some money goes towards these endeavors because overall, I think, you know, it, when we shoot for the moon, you know, quote unquote, we, uh, kind of better ourselves. We, we inspire, you know, the youth to get into science and I think we're all a little bit better for it. So uh, I, I hope it just continues, man. Like I said, I mean, we were in some shaky years there where they were thinking about closing down NASA as a program as a whole. And I just can't imagine. I mean, NASA's been a part of my existence since I've been born. It's just, you know, something to, um, you know, the, the astronaut and the moon landing and Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. I mean, these are household names. These
1: are heroes. Yeah, we grew up with Houston. We have a problem. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Apollo 13. Uh, I mean,. I really think it comes down, not even so much what we have going on in real life when it comes to what we've already talked about. I think when it comes to space exploration, this may sound weird. It may sound very nerdy, but Hollywood. Yeah. I think they push the boundaries on what we can do in space and in general. When they go ahead and throw an idea out there, it may be completely far-fetched, but somebody – Is sitting in their living room that's smarter than i am is thinking how can i make that work oh yeah how can how can we really do that how can we beam scotty up for instance you know what can we do to get beyond this uh how can we achieve light speed you know with star wars uh how can we you know have these ships late in star trek that can actually do what they do and be as as maneuverable uh and actually be floating cities i mean the enterprise was huge oh yeah so I mean, it's sustainable by itself. So it really doesn't have to have you know any type of like you know life support. How does it continuously not need to be somewhere? If they can develop something like that, I think getting to other locations, other other planets, would be less of an issue than it is. So I think it really lays you know the not I wouldn't say the burden, but you know it's basically telling Hollywood, hey, step up your game because everything we've done to this point, you know, science fiction pushed NASA to where it's at. Oh yeah for sure
0: i mean just with day-to-day usage of uh telephones and stuff right i mean the uh i think back of when i was a kid watching the jetsons and um you know george jetson would be uh, yelled at by mr spacely on the tv at his desk right like oh my gosh can you imagine like talking to somebody um and seeing them as you're talking to them over the phone that's insane but it's like you and i are doing it right now
1: <laughs> yeah or, or personal assistance. if we don't have a robot in the house but we have we're close we have roomba
0: we have uh you know those little vacuums we have little robots that do chores we've got alexa yeah. we've got, we got Siri. Yeah, alexa
1: i mean <laughs> we, we can tell them to turn on the lights i can open up my garage door not being home i mean there's so many things that we are on the verge of doing yeah that I don't think people realize how far we've come and it's I don't think people are gonna actually it's not gonna dawn on them until the next big thing happens. And I mean I don't I don't have the foresight to know what that big thing is because I mean I like to think driving uh, driverless cars are there, but I, I think it's gonna take a long time for people to actually catch on to that. I think I'd be willing to try it, but I think the, it would have to be a widespread driverless car movement. I don't oh, think you're going you to have driverless cars and driver cars at the same time on the road. Uh, I can only imagine the logistics of that.
0: Well, I mean, once they bring AI out to the forefront, especially when it comes to like driverless cars, I think it'll just take you know a couple generations. Really, for any massive change like that, it really just takes a couple of generations. I mean, all you need is a, a kid to grow up and driverless cars are a thing from the get-go. And by the time he's of driving age at 18, I mean, he's not going to care. He will not know <laughs> no better. Yeah, he will not know any better. And uh, he'll have no fear, no apprehension about getting in a, a car and just having the
1: car drive for him. Um, well, you look at our kids now. I mean, the, the idea that I didn't have a phone 20 years ago yeah. is absurd to them. <laughs> yeah. Or like they can't sit back with a tablet or something like that on the couch. And just be so uh, tapped into the internet. We, we we grew up at the beginning. I mean, God didn't hear me. Well, back in my day. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have internet till what, was it 90, 99, 98? Uh, it was like 96 or so. I think 90, like okay. 56K, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, barely had internet. We were sitting there for like an hour to see a picture. Hearing that modem crunch. Oh. no! Now, see, a part of me kind of misses that a little bit. Just the nostalgia. The AOL dial-up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to deal with it anymore, but just uh, maybe having it as a ringtone. <laughs> well done. You've got You've mail. You've got mail. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, did you pick up the phone? <laughs> it got kicked off.
0: Yeah, just think, I mean, how far we've come with that technology. I mean, it really just takes, like, um, consumer interest, general, like, uh, social interest, Um, You know, just the boom in technology when it comes to communication, networking, the Internet, our our televisions, displays, computers, like home computers. Um, The fact that, you know, my first computer, it had, uh, you know, four gigs of uh, space on it um, total, you know, as far as its uh, storage capacity. And now it's like, you know, four gigs is uh, next to nothing. I mean, you put uh, two terabytes on a little micro SD cards uh, yeah. these days. So it's just incredible how far we've come in that short span. I mean, that's only, you know, a little over 20 years and uh, we've come so far. So uh, just imagine where we'll be at when it comes to AI, when it comes to the space program, hopefully if they continue to put money into it, uh, when it comes to just uh, our household living, uh, our day to day lifestyle. Uh, what's going to be uh, changing and on the horizon over the next 20 years
1: yeah i always kind of sat back and thought you know our our, ga- our grandparents seen so much change in the their lifespan yeah what are we actually going to go ahead and see change in our lifespan because i sit back and i'm thinking about it, i'm like what what's what's out there i mean i'm thinking okay there's you know virtual reality there's augmented reality there's the like cars uh, but it's they probably could not have foreseen TVs when they were young right uh, they couldn't have foreseen what like computers for instance you know so there, there's gonna be so many things that we can't foresee coming I mean the TVs may be gone it may be something that's like a completely like interactive you know wall type thing you're swiping your hands around you're sitting down and it's something like that I mean I mean once again we're going back into the science fiction realm where they've got that in certain you know, in certain shows and movies so like I really believe it's it's up to Hollywood to go ahead and push that envelope and think of the next crazy thing that could be in a Star Trek movie, in a Star Wars movie, or even just a new franchise of any type of you know you know space type driven movie, or you know futuristic movie that could actually spark maybe a, a new young mind to you know kind of get that going. I mean, the Elon Musk is a, is a good example of that. I mean, he yeah he's freaking crazy. I mean, I think we all re- agree with that. But, I mean, he's crazy and he's rich and he's got the ability to build space rockets. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be someone else out there like him.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's a visionary kind of guy. He's like our our real-life Tony Stark, right? He is uh, a little crazy and he's got money to kind of follow through on these crazy ideas. Um, but we need people like that. I mean, it's the crazy ones that end up
1: changing the world. Yeah, just tell tell him we need a know, truck. With unbreakable (laughs) windows. (laughs) That's good stuff.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, that's funny. So, uh, uh, speaking of some uh, funny stories, uh, we did kind of check into, I guess you saw something here recently.
1: Uh, Something happened to a fella in North Carolina. What was that? Oh, man. Okay. So, you know, everyone's driving their car and everyone... uh, Hits a deer, says, the deer hit me. And everyone's like, oh, it's like the big fish story. Yeah. No, the one big one that got away. <laughs> I was like, no, you hit the deer. You just get over it. How bad? Are you okay? Is your car okay? Going forward, there is a man that was down in North Carolina. He was in a McDonald's parking lot. You can actually go ahead and YouTube this. It was, it's hilarious. He's walking across the parking lot and out of nowhere, this deer just tramples him. Oh my God. Runs right over him. And he pops up, and the, the real funny thing is, he never spilled his drink. <laughs> he got drilled. You see him get drilled, pop up, and I think the immediate reaction was, what the crap just hit me? <laughs> and then he sees the deer running off. I mean, so he can actually sit back and say, you know what? I was hit by a deer.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. I can only imagine. Uh, you lived in North Carolina for a bit, so I, it's just the guy that would be in a McDonald's parking lot just
1: getting... I slammed. Just run over by a deer. I'm like, oh, what are the chances? I mean that's a one in a million thing that's gonna happen. That's gonna be a story he's never gonna be able to like not, not tell. Yeah. It's kinda like grandma got ran over by a reindeer type setup. <laughs> and for him to not spill a drop of his Coca-Cola, that's pretty impressive. Oh yeah, that, that would that's what got me. It's like, you know what, you can't waste coke. <laughs> I mean that that gets that, you gotta be able to Especially <laughs> McDonald's Coke.
0: For some reason, you, you get a fountain drink from McDonald's. It tastes so much better than anywhere else. I don't know why.
1: Oh, so I take it you don't know why. No, I don't know why. Tell me. Okay. you Be ready for Mind Blown. Yes, please. So the reason their Coke tastes better than, say, Speedway or Burger yeah. King, McDonald's keeps their actual syrup cold. Oh. So their SERPs cold. So it tastes better. No kidding! Wow, why are all the, yes. the other ones doing that? <laughs> I have no idea. But Janessa actually looked into that and told me that I was like, "No way!" Because I'll get a you know a Coke from Burger King. I'm like, I get like three quarters of way through it. I'm like, I'd rather have a can. Yeah, it tastes better. Right. And yeah, she said, yeah, they they actually keep their syrup cold, and that's why the actual Coke tastes better. Wow, that makes sense. Yeah, a McDonald's
0: large cup of uh, Coca Cola is probably my favorite way to drink coke i mean i think it's better than just pouring it a two liter or anything
1: i think it's great yeah no i'll agree with you it's definitely it's it's a different taste it's it, it's just yummy. Know, yeah. coke in general i you're really it's hard for me to say any coke's bad but uh a fast food coke <laughs> from mcdonald's is definitely top of the line <laughs> yeah so
0: we are not sponsored by mcdonald's nor coca-cola this week these are our honest opinions <laughs>
1: We would happily happily take a sponsorship from either of them because you know as much Coke as I drink. But. Oh, for sure, I'd be loving it. Oh man, See, I've had to back off a little bit my my Coke intake these past like week and a half or so because of my teeth. Oh yeah, my two wisdom teeth. They tell you to stay away from you know, from fuzzy bubbly you know well, drinks. But even straws, like I, I can't drink from straws. Like today, I actually I probably shouldn't have yet. But when I had my, I had to have a Coke at the theater. Yeah. I didn't have any popcorn, had nothing else, but I drank from the straw. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm a little week, week and a half out from my surgery. I think I should be good. Well, I, I
0: tell you what, you know, as a uh, podcast called Dad in the Rock, uh, where the premise is a couple of dads uh, talking about their uh, day-to-day lives and the world around them and interactions with their kids, uh, there is a portion of uh, the dad world that you and I have not really taken full advantage of. Um and it's something that I think everybody's a fan of. And if you're not a fan, then you need to become a fan. Uh, so what are we dad talking jokes. about.
1: Dad jokes. Ah, <laughs> dad jokes. Um,
0: I think it'd be a good idea to maybe uh, give our listenership uh, a, a weekly example of a dad joke that you and I come across.
1: On the show, I like that. I actually just put one out there on Facebook uh, earlier uh, this week. I don't know if anyone's seen it or not. But uh, I'll I'll go ahead and give you a quick rundown of it. Okay, so it goes. What did E.T.'s mom say when he got home? Uh, I don't know. What did she say? Where on the earth have you been? <laughs> so, I mean that that I mean I seen that. I was like, you know what? That ties right into the show. Yeah. That is, you know, science fiction nerd. You know, pop culture. And it's just corny as hell, yeah. well, and that's what a dad joke should be. That's good, that's good. Hey, I, I've got one for you for another a, uh, another pop culture
0: uh, icon here. Go for it. Uh, what do you call James Bond in the bath? I have no idea. Bubble 07.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How's he blowing those bubbles, Menex? That kind of stunk. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> Take a shake and not stir it. Well, but you know what guys? Uh, I enjoy them. 'em. I've got a shirt that is done out in Star Wars, you know, set up and scripting and it says, Welcome to the dad side. I've got bad jokes. Yeah. So I we are full of them. So I think we're gonna start, you know, doing a segment of, you know, dad jokes at the end of the show. Uh, as well as probably I think the, the funny story of the week. I think that's something that maybe be uh, enjoyable if we can find something that's worth kind of uh telling you guys about making you smile because well if it makes us smile it should make you smile yeah i think it's a, a good way to kind of wrap up the episode here so
0: as always um you know email us i'm sean at dadnrock.com. i'm chris at dadnorock.com. check us out on facebook uh you'll be seeing more and more of our dad jokes kind of sprinkled throughout the week too for your listening pleasure i'm sure you'll get a kick out of them uh but yeah come back and see us next week uh just a little preview Uh, I know of a a person, a couple here, that are um, going to be heading out to Galaxy's Edge in the near future. Uh, So we may have our first guest on Dad and Rock, which is uh, pretty exciting. We're becoming big stuff. We're going to have an interview. (laughs) Check that out. Uh, Yeah, so stay tuned for that. I don't know if it'll be next week or the week after, but uh, yeah,
1: as always, we love having you on Dad and Rock. Yeah, and I think that's a good place for us to go ahead and sign off for the evening. So, for Sean, this is Chris, and uh, you guys have a nice day! Gotta go fast!